Hello and welcome to the Simply podcast. I'm Aisha Roger Bailey, Content and Community Manager at Simply, and today we're speaking to Chris Maloney, Global Head of Content and Channels at Rolls-Royce. Chris has worked at Rolls-Royce for 13 years, and prior to this has worked on materials for a range of leading companies, including GlaxoSmithKline, BAE Systems, Virgin Media, Microsoft, PwC and the BBC. Chris will also be speaking at our flagship event, Simply IC in May. Let's get started then. Hi, Chris, and welcome to the Simply podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, of course. Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Chris Maloney. I work in group internal communications at Rolls-Royce PLC, the jet engines, not the cars. Um, and my main area of responsibility in that role is looking after the uh, the content, the BAU content, making sure the content flows and we have a nice uh, mix of stuff coming through throughout the year. Um, and then the overall channels as well. So the channel strategy, how we get those messages out to our people globally. Um, and it's truly global as well. We are 40 odd thousand people um, spread all the way from the Americas down in Brazil, America, um, Canada, all the way across Europe, Middle East, Africa, out to um, Singapore, um, India, China, uh, some in Japan, and then down to um, Australia as well. So it's a truly global audience we have, and uh, and we try to look after them all. And as you mentioned, you're you're a truly global uh, company. So how do you engage your people across? I'm assuming different languages and different cultures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera? Yeah, it's it's a challenge we have um, when one of our one parts of our business, the Asia Pacific, is going to sleep. America's waking up, and you have to kind of consider that the day for those of us who who are in the centre of it all, <laughs> not centre of it all, but in the middle of those time zones, uh, the overlapping time zones, it can be quite a long day for things. But you have to be acutely aware that whilever we are Rolls Royce, we are one Rolls Royce. There's one one big um, thing called Rolls Royce. We are a mix of thousands and thousands of different people um but you have those common threads we we all work for rolls royce we all have the things which make us want to work for the company we work for and so you can stitch those together you can put a thread all the way through we're all working for this organization rolls royce plc and so we've got those common that common ground there and then the 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 differences in in time and and culture and language and all those kind of things become things which enrich the organization they they bring more into it to bring more uh, perspectives more um more ideas uh, more um depth uh, to what's going on on top of that build of uh, of what's going on in rolls royce so it's it's just it's something to be embraced um we obviously have i mean as, as anybody in a multi-language organization will have you have the challenges with language and those kind of things um but we have some major languages in the organization major centers uh, which drive the languages in which we we um we translate into and we we produce our our, our content in um and and it, it it works generally i think we've got the balance about right it's uh it's a a rich challenge that we have to be able to to do that and and a brilliant team uh, globally um many of whom are in in the centers of of the different parts of the world asia pacific america those kind of places that can bring that interpretation and, and that angle that we need to be able to strike that balance so um yeah collaboratively is how we overcome those kind of challenges and uh, what tech platforms do you currently use 
we've got a mix so i've been working on the channel's uh, mix today so um i will quickly bring up what i can see here so i can just quickly take you through it so we have a mix of, of various things we're, we're a sharepoint internet so uh, microsoft is is a plays a big role in in the stuff we do at rolls royce i mean I think so many people use Microsoft. Everybody, Microsoft comes into everybody's lives somehow, unless you're you're firmly against it in the Mac world. But but everyone touches on Microsoft at some point in their lives, be it PowerPoint or Word or whatever, you know. And uh, and SharePoint's a big part of that. So our intranet, SharePoint intranet, with all the flexibilities and things that brings in there, Teams plays a significant part as it does in any large organization and certainly has done since the pandemic it really just exploded didn't it when everyone needed to be working remotely so teams plays a big role um we work with populo so um populo is our mail uh, platform and we use it for uh weekly news and targeted uh targeted um mailings um and what else do we have as well and that's that's really uh that's um uh, Viva Engage as well, so back, going back into the Microsoft mix there. Uh, and then we've recently been rolling out uh, digital signage uh, globally um, using uh, App Space. So there's a real mix of different things there. And what we're finding is, and, and this is really good, and I think it's the way the digital world has been increasingly going and will continue to go, um, is the integrations you can build between those systems. So regards of which um, supplier or digital platform you might be working with such are the integrations that you have across those platforms now you can almost make it a seamless experience for your audiences and of course that's what you want you want your audiences to be able to come into your messaging however they prefer to get a consistent message but do it in a way that suits the the way that they absorb messaging from your organization so yeah it's a real mix in there it's, it's quite nice really quite nice to see uh to to see how different suppliers and different um uh, developers work what is really the communications challenge how do we get messages to our people in a compelling and engaging way um and then yeah we just get to we get to put the window dressing on a lot of those things and make them really fly for us and, and they're, they're working really well um we've still got some traditional stuff in there as well some print stuff um and obviously face to face just at the very core the number one channel that everyone everyone really really benefits from people actually talking to people and you are global head of content and channels so what does your day-to-day -day look like uh my day-to-day -day, um so uh, as in the role looking after the content and channels my day-to-day -day is is one of uh content management making sure that we have the right content appearing at the right times in the right way across our channels um i can lean into a lot of my journalistic background so i did a degree in journalism a long long time ago i was a journalist a long 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 time ago uh, before i stepped into the wonderful world of internal communications uh 20 something years ago now so it's making sure that we have um high quality compelling content reflecting what's going on at strategic level within the organization um it's very easy to just talk about a strategy but we, we go back to storytelling and storytelling is the most important thing but really making it so people can can understand and, and have an affinity with what you're talking about is a is a key thing so making sure we have that content um and not just words images um video all those kind of things to really engage people with stuff so it's making sure we have that that mix of um a flow of strategically aligned um and and supportive content coming through on our channels um a lot of it is just the the administration of those channels and making sure they're working so it's checking the dials checking the the 
the water's topped up and the fuel in the tank of them and all those kind of things. So making sure they're actually working and we're we're um, we're facing no technical issues, which are cutting off parts of our organisation um, through those kind of things. Um, liaising with those suppliers themselves to see what the latest is they've got coming down the track for us, making sure that we're taking them, making the most of the stuff that we have. Um, the suppliers are great. They 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 have been really collaborative on on getting the most out of the systems for us, and it's really lovely to work with them. We've got some great relationships with those suppliers that we have. Um, working with the team, so uh, while ever we've got all these wonderful channels that are increasingly becoming very intuitive to use, you still need someone who knows how to use them. So working with the team to ensure that they know how best to work the system, um, how how best they know how to uh, uh bring their content to life in there um fixing the can you justs of the world can you just do this for me can you just do that so there might be in between when i get a, a breath doing a bit of photoshopping to make sure something looks okay um and and then above all of that looking at the strategy of it all trying to look five years out or look at what we're trying to achieve now what we think may well be coming down the track which is happening faster and faster with the tech these days and you look at AI and things like that coming down what's that going to do for us what's that going to do for communications how can we position ourselves as an organization both a communications organization and a and a company to bring to 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 uh, I shy away from using the word empower it feels like one of those overused words sometimes <laughs> to do the best for our people because that's what we're here for. We're here to make our people's lives easier, allow help them to do the job as best uh, to the best of their ability, and enjoy doing it as well at the same time. You know, so that's really what we're trying to do in comms and, and change. Comms is about change, isn't it? Really, we're trying to move people from A to B, be it in how they're feeling or what they're doing or what they're understanding. It's all about moving someone from A to B. And so my day is spent trying to work out how best to do that. Um, and then uh, I was going to say getting shouted at by people when we don't. <laughs> but on the flip side, really, so there's people phoning us up and going, it's brilliant what you've done there. We really, really love it. And that happens. Um, it's really lovely when that happens. And it does happen quite often. People say this was great. Really liked what you did here. Really love this. Can we have more? And when you get that, you kind of go, well, yeah, well, that's my job done for the day. And you go off and you go, oh, no, I've still got loads. I've still got a mountain of things I need to finish. <laughs> and then you come back to it. So. There isn't, I mean, I don't think you could find a communicator, somebody who works in communications, be it internal, external marketing, whatever, who could tell you what a typical day looks like, because there's no such thing as a typical day. There are all those things we do. Um, there are commonalities across them, across all the communicators, but there's no typical day, is there? Nobody in communications is a typical day. That's my typical day, chaos. Trying to find, find a way through. <laughs> yeah, I think all of the all of the internal communicators that we've ever had on this podcast have all said there's no real typical day, yeah. and everything is. Um, I think someone said the words organized chaos. Organized chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so someone who described they describe me as somebody described me as chaotically organized once. That was quite funny. <laughs> so they said they said you, everything's like a blur and stuff going on, but you you've got a pin through some of it going this is actually going to work it's it's just it's like if you look at the workings of a grandfather clock for example it's all these little things moving all those kind of things but you know it all kind of does its job and comes together to make the clock chime at 12 doesn't it and that's that's where we are in this morning i've been writing a script for a, a, a brief 
uh, audio thing we put out on Mondays, giving people a heads up of what's happening. I've been doing some channel strategy, just looking at our channels mix and making sure we're, we're fit for the future. Um, I have been sourcing images to add into a story about one thing that our compressors team is doing. We've got some great images in Rolls Royce, so we're really, really spoiled by that. I've got content constantly coming in at the minute from COP28 in Dubai because we've got something going on there. And so there's video editing and stuff going on there, top and tailing. It's not in depth video edit. I don't have time for that. Um, what else am I doing as well? Um, I've been creating digital signage. I've been managing the homepage, editorial content, making sure that's all moved around. We had a town hall yesterday, so I'm chasing down the, um, the recording from the town hall so we can publish that. I'm trying to find the status of the digital Christmas card um, or season's <laughs> greetings card, going back to that cultural question I asked. So the digital Christmas card, that's that's imminent and we'll be sharing that across our channel so people can use that and send it out to suppliers. So yeah, a typical day is is throw all the cards up in the air and see which ones you have to catch first. <laughs> so uh, going back kind of all the way back to the beginning so you started your career working as a reporter and newsreader for Hallam FM can yeah. you talk to us about that yeah well I mean that's the kind of first one that pops up on, on the old LinkedIn profile um <clears throat> so I started out really doing communication stuff when I was 16 I think it was and I went and did work experience at the local newspaper got my first um first byline on a story um a page three full color story um which was I was really excited about, as you would be. I was only 16 years old and had done something for the local paper. And so it just gave you that. I mean, when we work in communications, it gives you a little bit of an endorphin kick when you see your name on something, you get credit for these kind of things. Let's all be honest about that. So um, that's really where it started. And carried on whenever there was work experience or something, I'd go off to one of the papers and um, local papers uh, taken to Crown Courts in the back of reporters cars to shadow what was going on there and that gave me a taste for the the that kind of stuff going on uh, that side of things went off and did a degree in journalism so uh, at the university of sheffield um under the the tutelage of um a chap called jonathan foster who's a phenomenal journalist and bob bennett who did local stuff as well just brilliant brilliant um journalists very very um very very uh direct in their in how and it gave you a real baptism in the world of journalism, let's be honest. Um, and then all the way through there, I was I was just going off and doing all the work experience I could possibly do here, though, and everywhere I'd go and work. I was working with the Press Association, doing copy taking, where you get people phone you up from football grounds in the back of beyond, and you're tapping away trying to write the report that they've given you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and one of, the, one of the work experiences was working in the Hallam FM offices in Sheffield. Um, and I did a couple of weeks there, on Easter, I think it was, and they said, "Oh, you, we're going to see you next week." And I said, "Well, you start paying me, yeah." <laughs> so, so I came <laughs> back the week after, um, and was doing. Uh, I was on Magic. So they had Magic AM and Hallam FM broadcast in the same offices there, um, and I was doing uh, news reading, news. I was, I was doing news reports um, and reporting a reporter job basically for Magic and Hallam. I'd be off down Crown Court. And back up again writing the report reports up and and um and that was really good fun really enjoyed it um then one day the newsreader didn't come in or couldn't come in the morning they said can anybody do that and i put my hand up and and then um found myself reading the news on on um on magic terrified i was 21 years old or whatever terrified of this this red light on the wall there um 
and I was also doing sports production with them on a on a Saturday afternoon with um, looking after a chap called Jules Warren in, in the sports production team there. That was really good fun as well. Um, and then moved into, uh, as, as uh, many communicators do, read the Media Guardian on a Monday morning and a job came up for broadcast assistant, which is technically what I was at Hallam FM, um, for a company called Soundhouse Media in Sheffield who did the description was basically the job I was doing at Hallam FM, but it paid more. And um, then went to went to, went for that job and ended up finding myself in the world of internal communications. Um, and I was in the world of internal communications. My first job was um, effectively broadcast assistant for internal audio for GlaxoSmithKline GSK. Um, so straight away into big, 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 important company. Um, this this wet behind the ears, uh, naive, terrified reporter <laughs> going into what I saw as these big FTSE 100 meetings with a microphone and a mini disc pack. It was that long ago um, and going up to people who were far more intelligent than me, knew their topic far more than I did and asking them questions about it. And that kicked off my career in, in internal communications. I was there for eight years, I think, and then... Um, moved into uh, a role at Rolls-Royce, uh, going from agency side into uh, client side effectively, wanting when I came into Rolls-Royce to bring a bit of the agency uh, mindset to how communications worked, um, having been frustrated with with big corporates working with agencies in the past. Um, whether I've done that, I don't know. You'd have to ask some of the people I work with. but. Um, but yeah, and I've been here now, God, crikey, 12 years or so now in various roles within Rolls-Royce. I've been around Rolls-Royce a fair bit. I'm always in communications roles and and just love it. Love internal communications. The, the, the importance of helping people within an organisation understand why they're doing what they're doing and how they can play a role and how important they are to an organisation. Just love doing that. Love, love, love doing that. And, and will never ever um, not recognize people who work for the company as the most important asset you have for being your big advocates, the ambassadors going out there, you know, um, they, they, they're the people who will argue in the pub and on the Facebook and the Twitter slash X arguments when your company is being discussed. And when it's people like GSK or it's people like Rolls-Royce um, and other big companies like that, we're part of the national discussion. You know, it comes up, those companies come up and it's it's a real privilege to be involved in that. Of course. Yeah, it sounds um, very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Hiring. It's rewarding, though. <laughs> but it's, it's the reward of, of. What do I find the most rewarding? If I've written something. And I, I have a real, I really love writing. I do, I do outside of this, I've got, I do columns in magazines and all those kind of things. Um, and I'm writing all the time. When somebody responds and say, this piece of writing you did here was really good. I really liked it. You've not only brought in your creative stuff, the things that, that you enjoy, like the heart of what you do, but you've been able to apply it to a professional role as well and then get the get the success from it. It's great. It's great. And, and doing the same with, I mean, I'm a proper geek sometimes, you know, I really am a bit of a nerd. So being able to do that with some of the technical stuff we do as well. So be able to turn, I mean, this this rollout I'm doing of 
of screens globally at the moment, getting those really working and people going, oh, they're great. And you knowing you're putting really good content on there as well for them and, and seeing them react to it. So yeah, it is rewarding. It is rewarding. And it's a lovely bunch of people to work with as well. Very soon. Communicators are great people. And and in, in our team within Rolls-Royce, we have a fantastic community. If any of them listen to this, you know exactly who you all are, but they're just, they're, they're, they're phenomenal. They are family. And it's a really nice, nice bunch of people to work with who are fantastically capable, brilliantly professional. They really care as well. All getting all emotional. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are there any exciting projects in the pipeline at Rolls-Royce? Um, well, yeah, I mean, you can look at our product product mix and you see the stuff we've got going on in the, the products. It's always wonderful to talk about some of the stuff we do. We, Rolls-Royce is at the cutting edge of, of um, sustainable aviation, for example. Everyone still wants to fly. People want to fly around the world and, and, and go and see their family and, and, and go to explore. Rolls-Royce is driving that to a sustainable position. Uh, we just flew the um, the first 100% sustainable aviation fuel flight across the Atlantic on a wide body, big one of the big jets, which was which was really cool. Um, we're sending power systems to space, so so you can power a place on the moon. You know that's pretty exciting to see. And you look at the imagery of that, and it looks like something out of sci-fi, and, and it kind of science fact rather than science fiction. It's really excellent to see. But the ones that really the 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 projects which really um, which really uh, enliven or make me feel quite passionate are the ones where we're talking about change within the organisation. We're currently going through a significant amount of change in Rolls-Royce at the moment. The Winning Together transformation is huge for the organisation. It's the, one of the biggest uh, transformation programmes we've ever been through, if not the biggest. And it is a phenomenally compelling story to tell. Rolls-Royce has been around for 100 years, more, you know, 1906, so 100 and nearly 120 years Rolls-Royce has been knocking about doing what we do. Uh, we did start off in cars, but uh, for the past 50, 50 odd years or so, we've, we've just been purely jet engines and power systems. We have a very compelling story to tell. We have a, a group of people who work in our organisation, 30, 30, 40,000 strong group of people who work in our organisation who are phenomenally talented. These are very, very clever people. You say, oh, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not rocket science. Well, some of it is. <laughs> you know, there's that kind of stuff goes on. Um, they're really clever people. So, being able to work with those kind of people on such a significant change for the organisation, which is going to set it up for the next hundred years or so, is a real privilege. Um, it's change, and with it comes the the very human. Uh, response to change. We all know about change curves and how you react to those kind of things. So, so understanding that and understanding the psychology of uh, people and how communications can support that. Um, yeah, those those are the kind of projects that, that we as communicators want to get our teeth into. Um, I've heard this one described as one of the biggest, it's one of those things that we'll do in our career as a communicator that we've one of the big things that you've done, you know, and it is. And it's a real, it's really, in, uh, really, interesting and exciting to be part of that especially such a visible part of that so we're 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 fronting up a lot of this stuff from a communications perspective um we're we are front and center in going out to our people um i said before it's lovely to get the positive 
feedback when it goes really well. It's also um, kind of it's not you don't embrace it. You don't you don't ever want it to not go well. But but the challenge to make sure that it does go well is like how mm. can we really make this work? That's yeah, that's that kind of stuff's happening. Um, so yeah, so so you look at I mean, there's two sides of it. There's there's the the reason we're all at Rolls Royce and what we do. I, I, I get I I'm in a really privileged position to have some quite in depth chats with our leaders profile pieces with our leads and stuff and you can tap into what drives them on and I mean they're all human but you get into the human nature of what they're talking about um you, you can really get into that product side of things that's really interesting um and then yeah the the business and organizational side of it which is where I see operates a lot of the time um yeah it's really interesting because as I said before we're about change and the psychology of change and helping people through that psychology of change, um, helping people understand where we're going, how we're going to get there and what role they can play. You don't want these things to be done unto people. You want them to be part of it and, and try and work out how to get them to want to come along for the ride or seeing them come along for the ride when, when you're doing it. It's just, yeah, those are the big projects we we can have and we're doing, we've got coming up that uh, are really quite exciting. That does sound really exciting. Yeah, a lot of change going on. Um, yeah. Your LinkedIn, sorry, going completely off track, but your LinkedIn <laughs> mentions that you're heavily involved in mountain biking advocacy. Can you talk to us about that? Yes, I can. Yeah. So so um, I like mountain biking, like riding my bike, not least because it keeps you fit. It's good fun. Um, it, it's It's an escape for me. People always need an escape. You need something which is the, the way you get a break and I've, I've got a very very busy job I've got a wonderful wife three awesome kids um but it's quite full on so mountain biking is my big release when you're rattling down a hill at 20 odd miles an hour over rocks and things like that you need to concentrate and it kind of pushes everything else out and it's quite a healthy place to be um but um when I was a lot younger I realized there, were, there weren't many places that you could just go and freely ride there's the access is really poor for example where i am up in the uh in the peak district there's lots of places to go but but the rights of way that were allowed the bikes were allowed on there's only 11 percent of the rights of way network that bikes were allowed on in the peak district nationally it's at 22 percent. so there's a disparity there so i started a long time ago um uh organizing organizing novice bike rides getting people out riding and things i went on a ride once and i was left hanging off the back and some some um some sadistic ride leaders and so i never wanted that for people i'm a very inclusive person i wanted i wanted people to feel that they'd never be left off the back of a ride so i started organizing these rides and then people started looking to me to go oh you could do this and could we do that so i then started leading and campaigning for access and 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 with it campaigning for uh, responsible behavior when you're on the bike so not going chewing up paths not riding on paths that are going to be chewed up when it's bad weather, for example, um, being nice to people, saying hi to people. Well, there's those basic human things that you do. Um, with that became a came a, a Twitter feed uh, that's been running 10 years ago. I've been these these awards up here. These are awards for it. So it's finally spent best online service, two years running, three years running. I was the finalist, never won, annoyingly. <laughs> <laughs> the ordnance survey's got a bit more resource to throw against their, about, uh, uh, their online services so companies like that so i was just the guy with the twitter feed but yeah i got all these these lovely things for the work i do in in campaigning for um 
responsible for mountain biking and the rights of mountain biking. Um, because it's such an inclusive sport, well, it brings everybody along with it. Um, and I'm the chair of a uh, mountain bike advocacy campaigning group. We've got our AGM tonight, in fact. Um, so I've got, I've got speech to make at that tonight. I've edited a video for that and I've got some speakers and things. 10,000 followers on that one and however many members and things. So yeah, I do I do that as well. Um, it soaks up whatever little time I have left. Um, but I kind of use a lot of my communication skills or hone a lot of my experimental communications things in my voluntary time doing all that kind of stuff <laughs> and then go maybe we could do this at work and then bring some of the stuff at work the latest thing i've been working on is is um video masking i've just done an edit this week about mosaic videos through a, a mask and I'll, I'll apply that at some point at um i'll apply that uh, at some point in Rolls Royce when I when I get a chance one day, um, so yeah, so I do a lot of that kind of stuff, and it it, it and yeah, it's, it works quite well. I'm 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 a I'm often called on to uh, speak on uh, topics of open access and 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 those kind of things, and yeah, raised raised tens of thousands of pounds for trail restoration. We've had helicopters lifting slabs onto moorland in the past and things, and that was quite nice. Yeah, just, just Google Google um, MTV or my my name and you'll see some of the stuff we do because funny enough as a communicator I talk about it quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh yeah, that sounds awesome. And um you mentioned obviously speaking and you'll be speaking at our next flagship event simply I see in May. Yes. Um so talk to us about your session and are you excited for the event? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So I'm gonna be coming along to to talk about um ethics and, and and the communication of ethics and how to how to deal with all those those kind of things it's, it's a really fascinating subject um ethics it, what i what i see in um how do you manage it it's, it's really really interesting as, as we've had the growth of things like social media and we've had the the everybody has now a channel through which they can talk they can be completely open about who they are we encourage that in, in organizations we encourage people to be themselves with it there has to come a level of um i guess editorial freedom but they're always i mean there's there's common decency has to run through everything we do there's a lot of trust required and things so i want to be talking about those kind of things in in my role as um as editor of a number of our channels at rolls royce including fever engage for example um i also wear another hat which is i'm a local ethics advisor in the organization we have a we have a network globally of ethics advisors who if if there's um if there's something something going on, some behaviour which isn't in keeping with our values and behaviours of the Rolls Royce, they're a friendly face that you can talk to locally. We have one on every site. My role's quite interesting because I'm so visible on the digital channels. I'm effectively the digital LEA, local ethics advisor. And so if anything's kicking off on a digital channel, I tend to get told. And that's really interesting. Going back to the cultural point that we talked about earlier, there might be something a a, a a a sensitive cultural discussion happening in uh in asia pacific for example and it might be happening online but then i get the questions about it or there might be stuff going on we've, we've had i mean the 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 uh the geopolitical situation should we say that we we see at the minute and and i could go into any one of a number of different topics there it could be stuff going on in america stuff going on in europe stuff going on in um uh 
in the Middle East, those open up a whole uh, range of different uh, ethical questions, dilemmas, maybe not even to the extent where their ethical dilemmas created, but they open up heated debates. You kind of go, well, okay, so we let these things go. Will they self-police? So yeah, we're we'll talking about how, how how we've seen that play out across Rolls-Royce on a couple of occasions um, and what the role of the communicator has been there. Um, yeah, I think that not to give away everything I'm going to talk about there, but as always, it's the it's the communicator trying to get the leadership or advising leadership to communicate through leadership, you know, to lead, you know, rather than Chris going to sort that out. <laughs> Communications, <laughs> fix this. Can you just those kind of things? And and that's what I'll be talking about in that session. Well, it sounds really interesting. I don't think I've actually seen a talk like that at all. So I'm really looking forward to the session um, at <laughs> IC. Aisha, you've just upped the pressure for me a little bit there, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Right, that was actually all of my questions. So thank you ever so much for um, for being on the podcast. It's been absolutely my pleasure. And then it's funny when you hear yourself talking back on these things, you think, oh, crikey, I do do that stuff. And then you go, probably best go and do some of that now then. <laughs> I've got an entire <laughs> afternoon ahead of me of, uh, of writing stuff up. So brilliant. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks.